And you got to remember that's that, you know yeah we have dog you have to realize what why do you, and a lot of people that listen to us have a dog because they have it as a companion. Um, if you have a dog for a specific job and role, then that's awesome, and you still have fun and, and you can engage with that dog. Or the dog can only be used and interacting mainly when he's working. But as a companion dog, you know what's the point of you know what a dog's teaching you and what a dog's meant to be doing in our lives. Remember that episode we did about like what does it mean to like. Have a dog. What, what, what was that episode? What was what was the um? Uh, why do we have dogs like, in our do, lives? Yeah, why do you have dogs? Yeah, yeah. And what's the point? Like, what, what's your point? You know, and what's what's the and reason you, to it? And and the thing with that is like. I, only the only person that can ask answer that question is the owner. Every individual yeah. owner and every individual dog is owned for a completely separate reason. Exactly. Like one person yeah. could have two or three dogs for all separate different reasons. Welcome to Life with Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts, and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live, and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Good to see you, my brother. Another Sunday night sesh. Yeah, it's good. You have your little run with you? Pardon? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not drinking. Mm. I'm not, I have had enough to drink this weekend. I'm going to skip it. All right. I was expecting you to have one, so I thought I was going <laughs> to, but it's all right. Well, today's a pretty exciting episode. Um, we did we did um, mention a little bit of suspense in one of our previous ones talking. Actually, no, that's not gonna, that, one, that episode's not going to come out, so this is a true surprise um, because, of, of course, if you read the title, I'm getting a puppy, um, German Shepherd, very exciting, and bringing on a little bit of nerves as well. So, I'm looking forward to it. By the time and this uh, is released, the, you'll have the dog the same day. Yeah, we're going to release this next the, Sunday. As, yeah. as plan goes, on the day. So, yeah. you, everyone's going to be up to date. So, um, so yes, it's almost been 10 years since I've raised my own puppy. So, it's um, obviously, I've helped lots of other people um, raise theirs. But, um, you know, going to change the dynamics of the house a little time, bit. Time to put and, your money where your mouth is. Yeah, you know, there's... A lot of expectations, hey? Well, think about <laughs> how much you've grown as a trainer in a decade, man. Like, I mean, well, when I say a decade, like you, 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 let's say a decade ago, you pretty much when I raised, weren't a yeah, trainer, when, you know, like you did. I was not a trainer when Space was a puppy. So, exactly. It was around six months old when I just finished formally learning dog training. Obviously, I was training him and there was, and there was a lot of things that I, that I knew I was doing that were aligned with, with positive outcomes for sure. However, yeah, now I'm addressing it with more of a plan. And having a plan, but not being too too strict, because you just got to let the let them let it go with its own flow as well. You know, you got to understand your puppy, you got to understand the relationship, and not having too much expectation. You know, speaking to another trainers in the last couple of weeks, and you know, just getting a little bit of advice because when you're giving the advice, if you don't have someone, you know, like going off the saying, if Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods needs a coach, right? So that means that anybody. Anybody that's in the position of coaching and, and teaching um, needs to reconcile with others as well. Just of course. Kind of You've got to have Especially. someone who can look at you from a, a, a fresh, independent set of eyes. Totally. So, so important. And, and that's been one learning, learning lesson throughout all of this is being, and hasn't even begun, but of course, we're going to go through a few things that 
acquiring a new puppy requires all of this thing, the, the, the preloading of getting prepared, you see? Yeah. And I guess uh, where the nerves come from is mainly because, you know, we're still raising a baby human. He's only 15 months old the other day. So it's, um, that's going to be the challenge, you know, mainly, mainly in terms of the, we don't want the noise to be waking up the baby. That's one concern. And we're still sleep training one, one being trying to sleep train another being maybe another challenge as well. Maybe not. Maybe it's more smoother than I expect. Maybe I'm being too scarred with seeing too many behavioral issues is that maybe my expectations are different of what's going to happen for me because I'll be starting things with a plan to begin with. Like as soon as a puppy comes, I'm I'm going to start to condition the crate straight away. I'm going to start working on some real basics with, with um, food delivery and loading a marker and doing a whole, a whole bunch of things that I wouldn't normally get my clients to do that I, I want to do with my dog. So that's really exciting as well, doing, keeping training fresh, getting training outside of training pet dogs where, of course, with my dogs, I, I do the extra things. However, I think working with, this working line German Shepherd with, with the drives that I'll be getting. And I, and I have experimented a lot with Nuki as well, but just get doing everything right from the beginning and fresh is going to be such a cool experience. So, yeah. Well, I mean, um, you've trained, you've changed so much as a trainer, like we were saying, right. And, and um, I guess particularly in the last, say, you know, a couple of years or even 12 months, like I know you went to, you've been to quite a few seminars in the last couple of years. So, you know, let's maybe let's talk about a little about what, what your, maybe planning to change in the way, let's say just for example, like loading, loading markers. Like I know you don't really use clickers at the moment. Are you planning to, to use more of that with the dog, having multiple markers, that kind of stuff? Yeah. A few things that, that are going to change with this puppy is that definitely going to start using my clicker. I did start back in the day with spades. However, I never really kept up with it, but I'm going to be religiously using it specifically to use as a terminal marker. So to tell the dog that he's getting food, yeah, and he's getting food coming out of out of position. So if yeah. I told him to no down, room service, I, yeah, I click it. He breaks position to come to me. Where how I've been training dogs and how I train my dogs is that my I do have a terminal marker, and that comes from the ball and the tug, and that's when it comes to high intensity training with with Nookie when I'm working on those things. However, when it comes to food, I always feed in in position. And there's a few reasons why I do that, and I'll probably still keep that up. So I'll still have a verbal marker and feed in and keep as a durational command. But I also have that release as well because I do want to do next level training. Like I want to work a little bit more with um, free shaping and working specific commands. Like I've done, I've taught spades to heal, but there's no real, there's like, it's nothing really yeah, exciting. There's no real and, function to it for nah. him, right? So let's talk a bit for the listeners before we get too technical. Let's talk about um, the difference between luring and free shaping and, and the way that, teaching a behavior using shaping versus luring can have different outcomes? Well, I, I guess I'd be mainly doing free shaping at the beginning, which I did again with spades back in the day, is just to keep the dog open. I don't, I'm not going to do everything through free shaping, but I will teach specific commands like going to a target free shaping. And then we'll go with there as well. I think with free shaping, the art of it is to see what the dog starts to present and then you can make commands from them, like certain behaviors. Yeah. So, the, so yeah, just for the there. listener panel, so the free shaping means you're basically, you're there with the dog, you've got your clicker ready, you, you're, you, you have a behavior in mind and you're sort of setting it up in a certain way, but the dog doesn't know that. So let's say it's the marker board, right? 
and you basically using your clicker to mark the point where the dog first starts to show interest towards the marker board and then gradually over sessions you're progressing towards getting closer getting closer maybe you know sniffing the marker board then getting onto the marker board and then you're working from duration from there right so it's it's almost like a a very basic complex skill you're shaping him towards that that position 100% as opposed to luring him to it with food which you could do in an in in almost an instant by luring by his, by his nose. Exactly. Food, yeah. right? So if I was to lure him to the marker board, he gets to the marker board and we, and we can get a behavior from it. Doing it through free shaping, we're waiting for the dog to present small behaviors closer to that desired goal. So yeah. successive approximations. He, exactly. Every time yeah. he gets closer and closer to what I want, I reward him and that kind of gets him to think for himself. I don't want him to be fully thinking from himself. I want him to be working from me as well. But I want to be at, while he's while I'm molding him and shaping him over those first six months, in particular, it's good to have that different working relationship with your dog, you know. And I and like my dogs at the moment, they get fed from the bowl, and and I train them and I have them at a certain level where I'm happy with. And I'm not going to make my dog like I'm not. My intentions aren't to go into competition and to and to work and fulfill that sport role. Maybe one day, if it happens then maybe it happens. If you can find going. time in your calendar as well between having three dogs and a, like, you know, two-year-old son by then. That too. Exactly. My, my real point of having, of getting the dog right now, because I can go ahead with, with, um, with the dynamics of my house right now. I'm really, really happy with it. But I use, for my job, I need a dog. And Spade's almost 10 years old in October. Yeah. And getting to a bit working, slow. He's getting slow and I don't want to overwork him. I want to respect him as well. Also, I don't want him to get injured, but I'm not going to fully slow him down because I'll still need him over the next, you know, however long. Yeah, exactly. It's take, it'll I, take you probably a year to get the puppy online. Exactly. So, and which brings up another thing that I want to talk about in here, but basically the, the point of getting the new dog and he haven't um, decided a name yet is that hopefully he fulfills that. Now, I don't want to jam him into that role. He has to be suited for it as well. And that's kind of the gamble with anything is that, and this is interesting is that, the dogs that I have used for rehabilitation, socialization, and everything that I do with my job is that they were accidentally raised for that. Like I just go, well, I'm a dog trainer now and I need a dog. So I just start to bring Ace with me. Ace started to get sick. So then I continued to bring spades. And then from there, that's just how it worked out. So it, I, the dogs were at a mature age, roughly getting into it, you know, so that's something that I have to be mindful of with the new puppy is that not to overwhelm him with seeing too many reactive dogs, for example. Yeah. I don't want him to be eight months old and he's going through a fear period or he's still developing and he's exposed to too much of this behavior. It may not be good. But we also want to desensitize him to it as well. So I think it's a bit of a balancing act that obviously we're going to have to just learn on the job. And I'm planning at the, for At the very least, be- you're probably going to have him crated in the back of your car while you cruise around, you know, whether or not he actually comes out of the car with your client's dogs is a different story, especially at the start. Exactly. For sure. Even while he's a puppy, he's going to be used to traveling with me and I'm going to make sure the back of the canopy is, um, you know, I'm, I'm going through processes and now to make sure that it's temperature controlled and stuff. And, and yeah, just get, it come, get him used to that sort of lifestyle and it'll be good for him. He's a working line shepherd. He'd be, you know, generally a little bit more buzzy, a bit more high, higher drive. But if I can fulfill it and show him how to live within my house and juggle that with work and, you know, raising, raising baby and everything else, it can get, as you said, can get full on. But you know, when is a good time? 
you know, um, when my son's two, two and a half, three. Well, like, that's it. No, you you no could time. ask the same question about when's the right time to have a baby. It's like there's never yeah. a perfect time. You just do it. It just happens, right? So, yeah. I've been planning for the last five years to, to have a black German Shepherd. That was just something that I've always wanted and, and it has to happen and it's happening. So Was the whole so litter already, black? No, there was four out of the litter. Okay. I don't know how many were in the litter. Maybe Eight. nine. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, from Mon City Kennels. So they're up at the Central Coast, yeah? Yeah. Was that yeah, a referral so. through Glenn, that one? Glenn and a few others as well um, that I've asked as well. Yeah, so. because at one point Glenn was breeding shepherds, but he's not at the moment. Yes. Yeah, and um, and, and a good friend, um, Lauren Hoyle, she's a dog trainer as well, and, and she has she will have my puppy's uncle. And she ha- um, his name's Kubo. He's a good dog. And um, yeah, so- been getting been chatting with her a little bit as well since you know they will be they are related so um so yeah so getting like another thing about talking about commands and markers is that being really mindful is to make sure all of my commands are separate to what i'm teaching my clients and that's one mistake i did um with with my dogs and what i continue to do now i could just change markers and get my clients to say something different but you know habits habits a bitch right Mm. so um as in because you're i mean so, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you generally, because obviously, like you know, Mister and Missus Smith, you you're trying to make dog training as as understandable as possible for them. So you yeah. you don't go in there and go, okay, cool. So now we get today, we're going to talk about like loading multiple markers and like you know negative yeah. reinforcement into positive reinforcement and like all this other you know learning phase training. You know what I mean? Like you can't just overwhelm people. We we, we talk about those things. Those things come up, but it's always attached with we always teach the practical side of it first and then we go, oh, by the way, this is what this is. And then you just, you mention it and you mention it here and there and it becomes familiar language rather than, yeah, it's not a study class where we're going too, too deep. But more more important is that when I say come, spades won't come to me if I say come. I have to say it's here and here means come to him now because his recall has been ruined from hearing come a hundred thousand million yeah, times right. with all my clients. Yeah, right. So, you I've have to separate your markers from theirs, right? Yeah, so I want this dog to like have complete a whole list of different. Maybe why don't you just do same. it like in Greek or something like that in like a foreign yeah, I could, language? Yeah, I could. I could. I could say traditional. I could maybe do some German commands. So, mm. um, you know, so th- those are another thing that's really important. Markers have to be. Hence why the clicker. So I'll probably still maybe keep the yes. I don't know. We're gonna see how we go. But look, dogs will pick up context as well. Like if I tell, hey, spades down. Spades downs reliably. If he hears me say down to the other dog, he's now become wise of what's happening within. Like dogs become collar wise. The dogs know when training collars are on for them to perform when, when the dogs it's are It's a off. working signal, right? When, yeah, when I was up at NDTF, um, Kristen with the young Malligator, Malligator, Blue the Malligator, the little Mally, she yeah. ha- she was showing us how she had she had like Pat's version of the clicker, like click click to release and to come back, but she also had yes to pay in place. So, she'd, she'd trained both. Yeah, and, and, and I think you should, if you're going to use a clicker, you should have a, real, a stay in position um, marker as well, um, definitely. And I think also with Spades, he's, he's like, as I was saying before, he understood, he understands now when we're at work and he understands when we're work, walking, like when we're not at work. Yeah, he understands the whole process. He's been doing yeah. it for so long, right? Yeah. So, he, even though it, has um, weakened certain commands and he understands them in context and we have and commands as well they become yeah we want them black and white but you have to like realize you're gesturing when you're talking to your dog in the way that you are communicating talking about that that um, episode we did 
with talking about um, informal commands and formal commands is that there's time with most of your communication with your dog is, is like, Hey, come inside. And like, everything's gestural. You see what I mean? And dogs will pick up that in those moments. However, if we become too clinical with our training, then we don't put the importance on how you gesture with your dog. It's important. And that's why when we're working with puppy is everything has to be super clear because I want reliability when we're at work. Cause even if I do pull him out, I won't have any expectation for him when he's four months old and I have him out maybe with another client and it's appropriate for him to be around. I'll back time to a tree or to a post yeah. and get him to just we'll learn to wait there, you know? So if I can teach him to know that in context of when we're at work, it's kind of boring, we're chilling out, but there will be times of intensity. There will be times of exercise and for affection and for being my pet, all that's going to happen. But the dog has to understand when we're at work, we're at work. And maybe I'll end up when we get there, putting on a harness on him. And then every time the harness is on, he knows that this is happening. And then that's just going to happen forever until I can fade away the harness. Maybe this is another idea, but I haven't done that with spades because I didn't think so deeply about it when it all started to happen. But yeah, my point was, is, is that, that, you, that these you things 10 fall years into younger place. Then, like, it's different. Yeah, but not, if, not as I was saying before about informal command, non-formal command oh, yeah. is that when like you're training a dog, whether you like it or not, whether you're consciously trying to train it, the dog's learning from you. So we have to remember that there's that natural flow with your dog as well, mm. is that being mindful. That's why when I can even go to a dog, that, to a house where I haven't met the dog or the family and the dog won't act a certain way. Like when most people come in is because I have a certain way that I walk in. I'm more calm. I'm relaxed. I'm used to the dog moving. I can move around him without making a big fuss. And a lot of it comes through your gesturing. So, when, when people say, oh, my God, like you're doing something special, it's just because I'm used to it. I'm not like trying to back away from the dog or I'm not acting like I'm a five-year-old and trying to pat it. So hopefully hopefully raising this puppy now is going to um, get me more aware of these things. So I'm excited. What are your thoughts now on like say or how have they changed maybe say, you know, talking about like um – you know, let's say like more reliable, but maybe a bit flatter obedience versus a bit more flashy obedience. Say, you know, like when you've got a really young puppy, there's there's sort of two camps of thought, right? Where you want like a, a really expressive dog who isn't sort of, doesn't really have a lot of necessarily boundaries set at a really young stage versus, you know, you might have a, you're trying to teach more, more reliable, but more, I guess it looks flatter in its expression, obedience later on. I'll probably start separating commands within that as well. Maybe a down is a more, more, more calmer, relaxed stance that you're going to be in there for a very long period of time. We're maybe giving a separate command to do a down and then having a different reward history with it, like mm -hmm. showing that, I'll probably not reward you with the tug or with the ball when I tell you to down. It may just be food in position. Lower drive. Just, it, yeah, it's just you're there. We do this for long periods of time. And, of course, we go through the whole phases of training and we don't expect that until he's like eight, nine, ten months old. We start layering in this sort of expectation of there for longer periods where at first when he's five months old, I'll just have him back tired and you can just figure out what to do. And maybe when he goes and relaxes, I mark it and reward it. Or maybe even have a have a different command, or maybe I just tell him when I'm back and tying you up, and you're in a very if you're going to be there for more than ten minutes, I'm going to tell you to stay, or I'm going to tell you to wait there. So then that way, then he goes, oh, this is a don't do anything. You can lay down now because nothing's going to happen now, and it could be that. However, if I was to tell that, let's just say I told him drop, drop meant 
do it and I'm going to probably pay you with the tug or with the ball. We're going to have mm. a mad, fun, intense time. But every time I tell you to down, that's a, a boom boring one. So there's a couple of different avenues that I can work on that. May, I'm thinking more towards telling him to stay means just lay there and stay there. It's nothing too crazy. You have to stay in that position one way or another. And nothing really exciting comes from it. But if I tell you to, to down, so you, you did, does that make sense? Am yeah. I tripping out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. So, sort of having so two levels. It's been a it. long day, bro, and I haven't slept properly in the last week and a half. Teething's a bitch, and I'm just waking up every two hours, and hay fever as well hit me. So, And you're about man, to bring um, one more baby into the house. That's half of a my fur stress. baby, yeah. <laughs> that's half um, of my stress. And so, with all of this as well, you've got a, another announcement is that, you you know, with all of this, you're planning to f- to film this whole journey, right, and and put it into your own sort of puppy development course, which you can make available online as well. Yeah, I, I want I want to record and go dig dig deep into the first six months of, of raising my puppy. And I think there will also be content from me being at other clients' houses with their puppies because I'm hoping that I don't see many issues like separation distress and you know barking for long periods of time or you know hopefully i don't see too much bad behavior for me to document and to show remedies to hopefully i'm showing you how to do things from the beginning to make it so we don't have many issues you know those first six months where it could be the most challenging but i do want to also show people if it was because if you purchase it and your dog's five months old and he's doing certain behavior and you know, you want to be able to then see how I address it. So that's what I'm going to try to do with that. And hopefully, hopefully with this, with this little puppy, it's going to show us a real proper documentation. You can see a lot of stuff that I'm seeing that you watch me do on Instagram, but I'm not showing a beginning to the end. Mm. It's like, this is where we're at for this. this it's is not where so we're much. That's not, yeah, this is more like a blueprint, you know? Yeah, full on. So um, I want to make that accessible to people. And I've become really, really busy in the last couple of months since COVID and, it's been overwhelming how busy I am, but I can't see everybody. So I do want to make some, like obviously there's a lot of our episodes at the Puppy 101 series I get people to listen to mm. and that oh, that's actually our, does help the, them the, a lot. The, the Puppy one, the 16, first 16 weeks one, that's our most popular episode by far. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like almost, it, it's, out in, it's out in front by a decent whack. It's, it's very, very it's, popular. It's Even, really, I mean, really it is one of the oldest ones, but it, it's very popular. If you're listening to this, definitely listen to that. We're talking about episode three, right? Yeah. The three most important things of puppy training or the three crucial elements. So, yeah, so we're going to go through all of that with a video attached. Obviously, it's all it's all video um, programmed. So, that's really exciting. I haven't done that before. So, yeah, sweet. Um, you got a, you got a, you got a friend who does videography for 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 that as well. We went, we went to, um, both went to TAFE together doing building like 11, 12 years ago. Mm. And um, he's been doing videography now. So, and he lives close to me. So, yeah, I think sweet. it works out that, that it can work out. He can come over real quick. We can record stuff. I'm going to try to get my own footage as well. So, we can, there's going to be things at 10 o'clock at night that I need to document. So, I'm going to have to record it myself. Yeah, well, so we've all got, it's gonna we've be all cool, got man. decent cameras in our phones these days. So, I'm sure you can 100%, get footage. You know, and as long as you can understand it. So, and I'm probably going to cruise up to the breeders with you next next week, hopefully, and, and we'll get, yeah. get some footage up there of collecting we'll the dogs. get some dog. footage right from me getting the puppy yeah. straight away. So, and how I introduce him to, to my dogs and introduce him to my baby, to my son, to my wife and to the house. And actually, one thing I've been doing and I want to talk about it is always like setting up your house setting up your car, don't wait, don't wing it, don't get your puppy and then start going, oh, shit, I think we need this and we need an exercise plan. We'll get that tomorrow and by that time, everything's been destroyed in your house. Or, so, 
exercise pen in this room actually right behind me. I've got everything I need. I just need to start shifting things around over the next week. Have you got the crate? Um, I've got a crate. I've got a pen. Um, I've been puppy proofing. It's in my yard. It's quite decent size and I've split it in half with a pool gate, pool fence. I've probably mentioned that like a thousand times on the podcast. So there you go. <laughs> Another time. And, but that time at the back now I'm fully puppy um, proofing it. So there's no way to get under the fence. There's no way to get into the herb garden that I've got back there. Um, making sure everything's all good and clean. And so everything needs to be set up. I'm setting up the car. So I make sure that he's, mm-hmm. he's comfortable and relaxed inside the car. And so, any particular sure brand that, of crate that you recommend? I've just used Vivo Pet actually for, for the crate. I mean, for the exercise pen and actually it's from Vivo Pet, but I got it from one of my clients and they gave it to me. And I've also got um, one of the crates. It, it wasn't actually from Vivo. It was, I'm not sure where it was from, but it's, I'll make sure that it's a, the, what do they call it? Metal tube, a metal tube one rather than the flimsy kind of black coated metal you know like you know it's that a bit thicker is it or it's thicker man like you can step on it you can bang on it like it's, right. it's secure yeah um it's not like if a car you, get what you pay for right eh? yeah these ones are worth like 300 bucks and stuff so yeah it's a decent one and you just want the puppy to get success getting out of it or trying to get out of it and it's kind of weak in one spot and the puppy gets hurt or it gets injured it, it kills itself have you, you know, have you heard pat's tragedy. little trick for the for the crate he, he mentioned, doorbell? yeah, the doorbell. Yeah. You're going to try that? You should try that out. Um, I could. I could make something, maybe not a doorbell. It's kind of disturbing to the whole house. So for the, yeah, um, true. Sometimes. Something. So um, for the listeners, it's like, you, you know, it, let's say the dog has an emergency in the crate and he's screaming in the crate, or even if he's just crying, you don't want the crying to be the Pavlovian connection for him getting let out. If you have another signal that you're in control of, then he learns that that is the signal that, opens the crate. It also gets the dog to, to be waiting for a particular thing as well. So, but yeah, it can work. So then even you use it every time you, before you get to the crate or before you get to their kennel, you ring, ring the sound and then you present yourself within those three seconds. And, yeah. and otherwise the there's no understand. hope. He learns there's no there's hope. There's no hope. And that happens just any time, even when they're quiet, when they're calm, yes. whatever. Yeah. And then when they are barking and carrying on, you don't want them, you don't want to be at risk of the dog learning that it's my barking that made you come because the bell happened and the bell's so Pavlovian that the dog's like, oh, the bell's coming. Luckily, he's coming now because I need him yeah. rather than the dog going, it's a oh, happy it's coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, be a lot of practice with that to get a good, but it's a freaking awesome idea. Um, will I do that? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you can like I'm turn just- the volume down or something. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm probably going to sleep in this room for the first like couple of days. I just don't want. It depends on how good the pup's going to be in in his area. You never know. Just, like some pups, it could be really good. Depends. It could be good. It's but a dice roll. I'm going to see how we go. So that's why I have no plan. I'm, but I'm sure we'll do another one of these episodes talking about my development of the puppy. I'm sure we're just going to talk about it at some stage. But um, we'll see how that how that goes. So basically, puppy proof, good management, get everything you need. I'm trying to get the same food that the breeders feeding the puppy, so I'm feeding them something similar, and then I can change it to what suits me better. Do you know? Um, it's called a la carte, some dry food yeah. that, that they use. Um, I haven't seen it before, so I'm just going to get some of that. And I think they've been giving him mints and, and other things. So whatever it is that they're doing, and they've sent me out um, some like more yeah, detailed because it's interesting what um what Narelle was saying when we spoke to her, she was like she didn't want to get, you know, because we're talking about raw feeding on that episode, which just came out today. Um, 
she's like, well, it's no good if I start the puppies on like a really fancy, you know, well, like healthy diet and then they just go home and the, the owners just give them like woolies or coles kibble, you know, because that'll just ruin mm. their stomachs. Um, oh, the other thing I we wanted don't. to ask you about the breeders as well, are they, obviously these are working line dogs and I, I read these guys' websites, so they supply dogs to the different police forces and that. So, are they going to, yeah. do they load the clickers with the puppies up there? No idea. Not sure. Probably not. Probably mm. not. I'm not sure. Um, but they have been doing like desensitization to sounds and different things and getting them out. So like, and they've been doing this for a while. So they've, and they've been giving me updates and stuff as well, which is pretty cool. Um, watching them grow so quick, you know, they would be seven weeks now. And when I pick them up, it'll be eight weeks old. It's hard, so, right? Because there's like, as, as a dog industry people, you, <laughs> there's probably a tendency to overthink everything, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, you bring in a puppy home, like it's pretty cool. It's a fun time. You know, mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of preparation and thought and stuff that goes it. into it, but you don't you, you don't want to like um, not not ruin. It's not the right word, but yeah, like don't overthink it and 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 be in the moment, you know, and still enjoy the fact that you've got this cool little creature that's come into your exactly. house. And, it's you not know. like I'm getting the dog, and even though he's perp- he has a purpose, he's going to fulfill a purpose. Yeah, he's at right now. Like even with Leonardo, there was a there was a a breakthrough yesterday. So he just went through a development leap that goes for like four, four to six weeks. And that means that they're, they're, um, they're actually physically, their brain is developing and they learn a new skill or a yep. skill set. And um, interesting because we have these like, you know, the, the, it's like a stick where you put the rings in ring toss. Yeah. Ring. It's not a ring toss. It's like they fit in nine, like firmly. Oh yeah. And they're like, they're like wooden round mm-hmm. rings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's like it's not like really easy to put it in for a baby. And mm. yesterday, like I just showed him once and he just had this moment of just connecting it in and pushing it in and he just did it over and over and over again and he kept doing it. And then today, he can never really put these like little block things together and he made a massive tower on these blocks. So these first moments of doing those little skills happened in the last 24 hours. And, and that's really cool because that directly relates to what development's all about. And so it's not like he's doing it right or wrong. That you don't, if he doesn't get it, you help him. And he, when he does it, you clap for him. Yeah, he's not a science experiment. Like he's, he's your son and uh, this dog is exactly. going to be your dog. It's not a, you know what I mean? It's not a, we don't live in a laboratory. No, no, but I think what I'm trying to get at is that that first six months is about learning how to learn. Correct. You know, like Leonardo put the, 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 he put the ring in and he's learning how to learn. There's no assessment to it. It's not a, it's not really, really important. It's a foundational skill. And then another thing I thought, obviously, because I think about behavior like on a daily basis, I'm thinking from teaching Leonardo is that if now he can get these rings into the pegs and he can, and he can do it, then we, and they're all different colors. Now we can start saying, hey, get the yellow one, the yellow one, and he gets it. Hey, get the blue one. Or maybe yeah. while he's getting it, you say the word. And that's when he starts understanding colors. So one thing leads to another thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is when it comes to, to developing a puppy is teach him what luring is, teach him what a clicker is, teach him what a crate is, teach him how to be back tied, teach him how to be on their own, teach them where to pee and poo. Do all these really foundational things and just drill the crap out of it. Teach him not to bite you and to redirect it onto other things. And working on some basic commands just because it's like putting the rings in the peg. It's mm. like, it's just a thing of how you get food. We're not really, and, and I'm not going to really start naming it until he does it like exceptionally well, you know, and not putting a full on emphasis to make sure that it's a relationship building. And it's a, this is how we work for stuff and we can have real fun time doing it rather than being the commando 
making your puppy do things too quickly because we don't want to overwhelm them and then crush our puppies by the time they're a year old to hold it down safe for 20 minutes when he should be playing with his friends in the playground. Well, that's so it, right? And and, and I'll, I'll ask you this. This is on a similar vein. Like, again, because you're getting a working line dog, right? Like, these... The, for people who don't know, like there's a difference between a show line shepherd and a working line and, and everything in between, right? So, <clears throat> to give you an example, like let's say, like what are your thoughts on like a non-reinforcement marker having that in it? Like some people would say like, oh, well, if I get a working line dog, I don't want to teach it to give up, you know, because if it's going to do something like bite sports, then it, it's that's not something you want to necessarily instill. But for a pet dog, the ability to tell a dog like what you, you know, what you want, if I say no or if it if it's if i deem it to be dangerous to you you need to realize that that's not going to happen for that sure, can be something 100%. that's a, a real life skill for a dog in a day-to-day situation 100 percent. when you say like a non-reinforcement marker that even happens when i told nookie to down and she sits i'm like no and that tells her you're not getting anything for that and then she gets frustrated the other day she got really frustrated it was awesome because I was getting her to do something that was a little bit hard. Then I made something easy happen. So I, and I can't remember exactly what it was. But with that frustration, she really did the behavior really good. And then I rewarded her for it. And then I started getting better. What, so you chained it. in like an easier behavior and then got her to try the harder one one more time? Yeah. And then, so and then one that she that, knew and then, and then try the other one again? Yeah, exactly. Like a little power exactly. up, yeah? Yeah. So like it's like a dopamine jackpot yeah. sort of thing. But, um, but I think it's. And you also see that with yourself as well. Actually, I saw that witnessing that with Leonardo with the rings is that he was so frustrated, frustrated. And when he got it, there's a sign of relief. That's a negative reinforcement. You know, so definitely teaching your puppies that no is no and you're not on the right track. But also, of course, my my dog's still going to understand that if I'm going to give a verbal correction that you you will get corrected. And there's going to be times where you'll be corrected 100%. Mm. It's going to happen. Um, It's going to be when he tries to jump on the, kitchen table it's going to happen when you jumps on my son too much yeah, or because these are safety issues there's a difference between yeah. like and i don't think that kills a driver that just shows that hey have some have some rules and manners but it depends on how you deliver it it depends mm. on how balanced you are you know if you're just only telling your dog no all the time and you never have any time for the dog to express itself and you can be in some sort of synergy then he's going to either challenge you or your dog's going to be so suppressed that he's not going to be having a good time and when we talk about like working line shepherd, I think even if you had a show line shepherd, that's still that dog's still a high energy dog mm. generally. Obviously, there's like more more relaxed, I guess, um, German shepherds. But my point is, is that if you're not generally regularly exercising these dogs and, and giving a mental stimulation, you're in the wrong you're in the wrong mindset. But I think with the working line shepherd, it just goes that times a certain amount. So it's more than what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got, I, again, he's, he's got generations of that blood in him already. Yeah. Actually, interesting enough, he's, um, his father's been, been deceased for, for some time now. So um, it was- Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. He was so on was ice, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Science at its and technology at its finest. Not very romantic, but still. <laughs> yeah, I know, unfortunately. <laughs> nah, so um, I think that was everything I wanted to kind of mention and discuss. Um, let me have a look. I guess it's like a lot of the stuff we talk about with puppies, right? It's like the overall theme is if you're bringing home a puppy, like like be prepared, right? Just set yourself up for success with the dog. And, yeah. And, and like you're saying, don't wing it. Like do a bit of research. Like if you're already listening to this podcast or – 
law, like, you know, like the canine paradigm or any of these other dog podcasts, you're already in like the 1% of dog owners anyway. So, you, yeah, you know, something. You're, you're doing For something sure. right. So, you're on mm. that right track and, and just- I think more people are getting into understanding more about it too. Actually, another little thing, little side note is- is it one of the treat pouches that I'm using? So oh, you got one, the puppy. you bastard. They've been out of the... stock for so long. When did you get that? No, but I got the small one. So, this is the trainer's pouch. Um, yeah, that's I the don't small get anything, one, eh? Yeah, I don't get anything from, from the trainer's pouch. It's like a free, free plug um, to you guys. But um, heard lots of good things and it's easy to clean. It's like silicon or whatever. You yeah, can, yeah. Like, no, I had a look out. on their website. They've been sold out for months and I emailed them. They're like, oh, COVID this, COVID that. They're like, our oh, Chinese really? supply. I just ordered this last week, bro. Oh, really? They must be back. No, yeah. they, this was in July. No they one. were like, you can't, you know, oh, okay. you couldn't, they're like, oh, the, we're not getting them back till almost October. Well, yeah, okay. I would like the larger one, but anyway, it's, it's a cool size. And basically, this is where um, some of the harder, harder um, food, like the kibble and the, um, and after speaking to Narelle, I'm going to incorporate Zewi into um, the mm. puppy's diet. That shit's expensive, man, but it, you get what you pay for. Yeah, it's it about is, 50 it is bucks expensive. a kilo. Yeah, it is. It, it is. But it won't be all of it, but at least it's going to be some yeah. of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it isn't, well, that's and another thing we didn't talk about. Bit. So, you, um, with with um, with Spades and Nookie, were they trained originally on existential food or not? No, no, no never. Right? So, you'll be never. switching to that then? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it anyway. Look, I think like raw food and stuff, like when I'm giving bones and stuff, obviously, I can't get the dog to do stuff for me. Mm. But I'm going to do most of it. A lot of it's food comes from me. I'm going to try my best anyway and we'll see how yeah. we go. Um, spades will still work for me right now, even when I just produce Frankfurt. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be existential, mm. but I think it'll be most beneficial, especially, um, especially from a puppy. I'd like to see, see where I can get with it and see if I can capture as much, as much from it as possible. And when, when we talk about existential people going, what the hell does that mean? Is that when the dog learns that all the food that it earns in life comes from training and from some sort of job. So it comes from our hand and our pouch. It doesn't come from the bowl where your dog learns to eat for free. And then it optionally, may want to do something there's no room service and there's no buffet so what it also learns is that if we have a training session i give you the opportunity to work and to work for your food and you choose to like go off and do something else then the session ends and you don't eat again until the next training session next training session and and hopefully and and that's that's the main reason is that you don't want a fussy dog. I don't think he'll be fussy. And and again, I'm, I'm going to try to adhere to this as much as possible. I'm, I know that this I'm going to be held accountable because we're putting this out um, on the air. But I'm going to it'll probably be like eighty percent of its food comes from me. Mm. You know, so it'll be still a big chunk. It'll still be every day. And I think another good thing about it too is that you're not overfeeding your dog shit. You know what I mean? Like yep. if you give it its kibble because it needs its kibble, it's food, and it not dessert, right? Yeah, and then I and then I go. Well, what else can I give you? Then I have to give you something extra, and I, I prefer to make sure that the food that it gets is nutritional. Just like the money I use is the same money I use to buy groceries to feed myself and my family, yeah. and it goes the same way. So, yeah, so I, I got this pouch. And I'm pretty excited. What else? I've got heaps of new new stuff. <laughs> I got the cray and the pan and setting setting everything up. Do in you the have back a chucket? And I do have a chucket to my training bag, though. Yeah. Um, but um, I've got a whole bunch of shit. Like everything's looking good. So hopefully, hopefully we've got some. When this goes out, you probably go on Nutris Pooches on um, our Instagram and Facebook. When this gets released, you hopefully you and I are cruising up the highway to go and get the dog. So yeah, exactly. We can listen to ourselves when it's released <laughs> when you're driving up. But maybe I was thinking we'll see how we go. But maybe on the way back, depending on how much noise happening in the car, we can do like a little recording. 
could be like a little bonus one or something. Yeah, or, maybe. Or whatever. We can just do like, hey, this is what's happening on the way back. But definitely the point of Luke coming is to record record um just a couple of little things, nothing too crazy, but it's gonna be part of the, the puppy training program just when you're picking up your puppy, what to do on the way home, you know. Um, to be honest, I haven't really had to do that. Not not a big drive anyway. i when I picked up my puppies, they were from the shelter, which was like four minutes from my house. So Yeah. It's gonna be cool. A little road trip. He might be a little bit nervous. He may be nervous, he may be psyched, he may be just chilling, who knows? Mm. No one knows at this stage. So question, how cool. did you how did you um select the actual puppy within the litter? Was it did you sort of tell them your preferences and they did it for you or Yes, yes. Preferences and then they, they allocate the puppies and that's how Monsimi does it. And now not not everyone does it, but that's mm. how they do it. So what did them. you tell them? What were you after? I don't want a really too too high drive. I yeah. want something and in somewhere so in the Kubo Kubo is Lauren's dog and um I said to him I want a dog that's similar to his temperament and drive mm. levels. Still a enthusiastic dog, just not eyes popping out of the head like, like you've met Randy, really, really right? Would you say he's like a, a ten out of ten drive? Look, I haven't spent heaps of time with Randy. Um, I've seen him. Which is Glenn's dog work. for everyone listening. Like, I just remember yeah, when he brought I him have, into the training shed at, at he's NDTF, pretty, he's, he's, he's like pretty full on. Yeah, he, look, I I know that that's- he's such a cool he's, dog, but he's just like- He's awesome. He's like, From he's just seen, switched he's on the whole drive, time. But I, and, and in saying that, in terms of Cuba, I haven't like spent heaps and heaps of time with him either. Mm. But when I speak a lot with, with Lauren on this topic, I- and then speaking with the breeders and speaking with Karen and um, speak saying that I don't want the most intense dog, but whatever dog I get is the dog that I get as well. And I'm not expecting a, a couch potato. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I want one either. So, um, so yes, it's really cool. Spades is enough of a couch potato for me. How often do these guys do their litters up there? Do you know? Not sure. Not sure. No, but I have been waiting for the last year and a bit. So, mm. But I guess yeah. puppy demands through the roof at the moment with COVID, which but is I was very specific good and bad. Yeah. yeah, I wanted I want all black, all black shepherd. So, you know, they have stable. stable You've told me your so. potential list of names. So hopefully by uh, maybe by this time next week, you'll have made a decision. Yeah, if anyone's keen, they can go on, go on our feed. And we'll, we'll probably, what we'll do is we'll put um, something on stories on Laugh With Your Dog. On, on Name Instagram. reveal. Yeah, and then <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I've <laughs> had the dog for a couple of days and I have a name yet. I don't know. Yeah, true. We'll see how we go. I'm, I'm hoping I do have a name, but I don't know. I like to go with intuition on these ones. That's on these it. You'll meet the dog and then you'll it'll come to yeah. you and you'll you'll be like- it can't be too uh, mental, man. It drives you crazy. You want to you feel with your body. And that's what I'm saying as well. Like we've just spent the last 45 minutes talking a lot of theory and stuff. It's like, well, like I said before, like, I mean, you're getting a dog. It's a living creature, you know. You're not buying like a car or something like, you know. Exactly. You could, we yeah, can't we can't overthink like, it, especially trainers. as like trainers and and industry whatever. Like you, there can be that. It's you can really geek out on a lot of stuff, but then you still got to remember like it's a living creature. It's not only that, like I got I got to a point like last year I was walking, I had this like realization. I'm like, fuck, I've been seeing dogs as things that need to be fixed, mm. and, I, and that was a problem. And then I, I and I've definitely changed my attitude, and like not that I was doing anything bad or anything. It was just more that. I see a dog and, oh, and, I'm, and I'm looking at what's wrong with him so we can fix it. Well, everyone's Rather bringing you than, in being like, Panos, yeah. I need you to stop my dog stop doing this? Can you stop X. this? Can you stop yeah. this? Can you stop this? Can you stop this? It's always about stopping everyone's yeah. problems. Where like, I don't like, oh, can you come over and just hang out with my dog? Well, here's <laughs> like, a thought. Happen. You can't teach a dog to not do something without, by definition, teaching him something else. So, always keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. That too, for sure. 
also when we we're doing dog mining because we didn't never sold it we'll training them dogs always left more well behaved but we didn't do any formal training with them because i knew that it would be a lot more of a workload that, that i was willing to do and dogs all had, had a fun time and the good thing about that was that you just watch dogs play all day you rock up home and they're just playing in the yard and everyone's having a jolly time and you got to remember that's that you know yeah we have dog you have to realize what why do you, and a lot of people that are listening to us have a dog because they have it as a companion um if you have a dog for a specific job and role, then that's awesome. And you still have fun and, and you can engage with that dog. Or the dog can only be used and interacting mainly when he's working. But as a companion dog, you know, what's the point of, you know, what are dogs teaching you and what are dogs meant to be doing in our lives? Remember that episode we did about like, what does it mean to like have a dog? What, what, what was that episode? What was, what was the, um, uh, why do we have dogs in our do, lives? Yeah, why I do think. you have dogs? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the point? Like what, what's your point, you know, and what's, what's the yeah, reason you, to you? To, and, and the thing with that is like, I, only the only person that can ask answer that question is the owner. Every individual yeah. owner and every individual dog is owned for a completely separate reason. Exactly. Like one person yeah. could have two or three dogs for all separate different reasons. Exactly. Now, look, in saying that, it would have been like I think my decision of getting a dog would be different for sure. I would probably wait a few more years and getting another dog, ideally. And that's just being speaking the truth, as we said before. But I do know that there is a function that I'm having a dog as well, mm. that I need him for my job. And, Otherwise, and, my job yeah, isn't what Spades it is. Has done his, Spades, has, Spades has worked hard for you. He's, and he's, he's done his service. And I can see it time. in him. Like his bones are starting to get a bit old and he's slowing down yeah, and stuff. And you've got a big tall truck sucks. now. So, he's you know, getting it out of that's hard for him. So Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not fair for me, you know, and we, we, can't, um, we can't thrash the, the, the poor old man. No. Um, he's mature, man. I don't think he's old. I think he will live till 16 or something, I reckon, that guy. Yeah, um, give him a nice retirement. Still, and chill, man. And, and and in saying that, he'll still come cruising with us. Yeah, um, just course. maybe not doing full days. You know what I mean? And maybe not um, all the like mental crazy dogs that get in his face every single day. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Um, how how to introduce a, a, your dog to that? Which means that I'll have to be doing the training while that's happening to help desensitize it. So it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun. And hopefully, by the time the dog starts getting older, maybe I have somewhere where people can come to me. Instead of me cruising around, and that may make it easier for Obviously, everybody. Spades and Nookie are pretty cool. I mean, that's their sort of day-to-day in terms of, you know, meeting other dogs and, and your clients' dogs. But have you – what sort of thought have you given to how you want to introduce the pup to them? To my dogs? Mm, yeah, to the, the new shepherd. Oh, um, I'm thinking when we get home, I get Tanya to open the, the gate and we'll just be hanging out and the dogs will just come out walking to us in the front yard. Yeah. And then we just see how it goes from there. On oh, sort of neutral look. territory, beyond the beyond the front fence. I, I don't want to like just walk in the gate and Spades barks and shit, and yeah, and Nookie like runs up like hey, and like it's all like you yep. know, like when you're introducing dogs, you know, it's best you don't just walk into the house and it's like whoa, there's all this so much stuff yeah. going on. Where like I'm coming out of the car and there happens to be a dog there. It's like oh, there's a dog there, and Spades will probably sniff it and walk away like it's just another puppy. Um, Nookie will probably be like, oh, that's a puppy there and just kind of maybe try to play or just sniff and walk away. That'd be Basically, my point is that they'd be pretty neutral. Um, then we all just walk into the house together and then I'll probably, my, my thoughts are to go straight to the back section where the puppy, I, where I want him to kind of hang out when he's on his own mm-hmm. in dog land. So I'll probably go there, have the dogs there and we'll chill out and then that's my plan. We'll see how we go from there. Hopefully, we can leave the puppy there for a little bit while I do other things and then come back and start maybe 
making it a very positive place, lots of food. Are you going to take a little bit of time off seeing clients for a few days or? A few days, but also I'm getting clients to come to me. Yes. Yeah, because I, when I had a book, when, when I got notified about the puppy coming, I was already had sessions booked in. So yeah. Right. I, um, so it was already already locked in. So I basically just thought, get everyone to come to me, and that way I'm not too far from home, not too much burden on Tanya having to look after everybody. And um, and yeah, we'll see how we go. And then how am I going to introduce them to other dogs? I'll probably introduce them to other other like more chilled out, maybe even like little puppies. Um, that'll be cool. So I'm getting that socialization happening early. And um, yeah, that's that. Sweet. Exciting good, times, man. Good, good episode. Um, and that was, and, and now when you're going to listen to the, um, there's, we have an episode that's going to come out, but we decided to put that forward. And now that the puppy's coming, it's going to come after that. We announced something and I was like, oh, I wanted <laughs> to keep people in suspense. And now it's a full surprise rather than any suspense. So when I you might hear just that, edit it out now. <laughs> it's no, kind so of I redundant. It. It's redundant. So I leave yeah. it and they'll be like, oh, well, that's just live. We're not doing this live. And, yeah. um, but um, but no. So yeah, because we I recorded think- a, a an episode where I reviewed the the first block of the NDTF. So for anyone who's interested in that, that'll come out one after in this. like two yeah two weeks from when you're hearing this one. So oh yeah, I put a Q and A in between. Oh sorry, a week after you'll hear this one. Yeah, you put it straight away. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. See. Either yeah. Because there's a few Q- actually there's a few Q and As coming up as well. So there's a lot of people reaching out as, as per always. Um. um extending their appreciation to us. So that's pretty yeah. cool. And I've got a few people asking questions, but sorry if there's some, some puppy ones that need to be answered, but we try to keep things on a schedule rather than just putting them out randomly. But if you, anyone has any like immediate things, just get a dog trainer that's local to you to come see you. I think a lot of our dog, us dog trainers have become really busy in COVID and breeders have sold out of dogs and it's all just freaking crazy. But we think, uh, we hope everything's happening. Um, going good for you guys um, on your end, you know, financially and you know health as, as well and you know people that are in lockdown like full hardcore lockdown to stay strong and love your dog and hopefully they still let you walk your dog that'd be that's a good excuse to get out of the house but um life's gonna change for me again in a week <laughs> yeah. yeah three dogs and a baby yeah that's a busy a house my man. and a cat and a cat, yeah, poor little Mario. I nearly forgot about him. Romeo, Romeo, sorry. Mario's cool. We should get another cat. Call him Mario now. Where have I got Mario from? Oh, it's kind of an Italian-sounding name, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi. Maybe I'll call the dog Mario. <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll wrap to, it up, then. everyone. Yeah, I think we'll wrap up there. I think that was cool. Good episode. Thanks for um, taking your Sunday evening to to sit with me again, my brother. Yeah, always good time, man. Always. Right, We're getting on. used to this Zoom thing. It's we. I think we do better in person, but with our we schedules do at the moment. We much better in purpose, well, but, yeah. you know, things are pumping at the moment. So, while while it's all happening, we just do this. And there's still heaps of good quality, you know, I think. And, um, has the message is the so same. message is the same. We just don't get to hug. <laughs> Social distance hug. And share a scotch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. See you guys. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. 
For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nuchespooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.